Ah, the name is Bootsy, baby. Radio Free Galaxy. You know that funk's for me. By the power of the one, we be funking uh, for fun, baby. Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. I'm Tian Komar. I'm Shannon. And I'm Andrew. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. Woo-hoo. We are going to be talking about Star Trek again tonight, so we thought we would get our Star Trek crew together. We are slowly, slowly, slowly. I know it's been really slow. We're getting through the second season of Strange New Worlds, but Christine and I have an immense amount of. Well, okay. I have a lot of patience. And Christine just puts up with it. Yes. Uh, but we've been slowly getting through this season like like a great book that you just don't want to finish and you want to save those last couple chapters and you want to relish in them and everything like that. And we're looking, we're totally looking forward to that uh, episode next week or whenever we actually mm-hmm. review it with the uh, the Rhapsody episode. The what's Rhapsody. the name of, what's the name of the episode? Subspace Rhapsody. Subspace yes. Uh, we're both fans of musicals chill. and I can't wait for that. But tonight we're going to be getting a little more serious uh, and talking about Under the Cloak of War, which is episode 8 of season 2, I believe. Correct? Yes. You're asking me numbers? Yes. yes I'm asking you numbers. But uh, it's, it's, yes, it's, yes. It's episode Yes, it's eight. numbers. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, and yeah, so that's our show for tonight. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I just want to remind everybody to please follow us on social media. We can be found uh, most actively on Facebook. Just search for Radio Free Galaxy or Radio Free Galaxy Podcast, whatever. Uh, we'll probably be the only thing you find if you search for that. I don't know of any other Radio Free Galaxies. I, I think there was actually a band called Radio Free Galaxy, but uh, we I think assimilated them. Yeah, we, we took their name and they're defunct now anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, Facebook. That's what I say. Facebook. We're also on Instagram and we have a Twitter X account, but we don't use it. But you can certainly follow us there if you want to. Uh, how can somebody get a Radio Free Galaxy t-shirt designed by you if by they want me? one, Christine? Well, stop right up, You're folks. wearing one. You're I am. Wearing I one. am wearing our, it's actually one of my favorite shirts to wear around the house and outside where people can see me. So you want to step right up to your Google box and you're going to type in Radio Free Galaxy Tee Public. It should be in your first three options and you'll see us with a gorilla style art that I drew for us and it's our space type creatures and uh you can buy it as a hat you can buy it as a mask you can even buy it as a mug but i love the tank tops because they fit correctly on my body <laughs> okay that's good so uh, and, and, and when you say us i mean it's got it's got me and you and adam and trisha the original radio free galaxy crew which has expanded over time yes. and we have more characters to involve now and hopefully we will get an updated shirt sometime soon oh, yes. christine i know well this is a <laughs> podcast amongst friends travis and i will 
So there. <laughs> okay. Thank Don't you. rush the artist. It takes time. <laughs> yes, I understand. And uh, also, please subscribe to the Radio Free Galaxy YouTube channel. This last week, we just crossed a million views. Woo! And we're at nearly 2,000 subscribers. So go over there to the Radio Free Hot Galaxy dog. YouTube channel and subscribe. And every single day, <laughs> almost annoyingly, you will get notifications from me uh, that I am posting videos of stuff that I have digitized from VHS tapes, found VHS tapes, uh, content from old TV shows from the 80s and the 90s, uh, commercials, full episodes of TV programs. There's a really hot video on the channel right now of Geraldo from 1991. I put up the full episode of Geraldo from 1991 when he interviewed uh, Tracy Edwards, uh, who was a survivor from the Jeffrey Dahmer case. It's not available anywhere else on the internet, so I guess people are enjoying it. There's over 100,000 views on it right now, so... You know, it's not really the kind of thing I love, but in the in terms of history and preserving video that's just not available anywhere else, that's, you know, sometimes what you got to do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so go subscribe to the Radio Free Galaxy YouTube channel. I sure would appreciate it. Anything else? Anything I missed? No. No, that's, no. That's about I was going to say, I think you did a very good job of promoting Oh, well, thank you. You're I'm glad welcome. I have your approval. All right, so let's talk about Under the Cloak of War. Uh, like I said, this is the eighth episode of season two. We've really been enjoying this. They they tend to do this thing, and, and in Star Trek overall, in a lot of the shows overall, they, you sometimes have a lighter episode and then a heavier episode, and we're definitely getting one of those heavier episodes uh, this week. We're dealing with a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot of trauma in this episode, and the different ways that people deal with it, uh, be it right or wrong, just sometimes the different ways that some people need to heal. And uh, I, I, I want to mention just a light note at first. Um, we have a guest appearance in this episode by Clint Howard. Uh, yeah. no, no, notorious, yes. notorious actor Clint Howard that just loves to show up in everything. He's notorious for being in a lot of classic uh, B horror movies. Uh, he's he's the brother of Ron Howard, of course. Uh, you remember from I can't even remember all the old horror movies that he's been in, but it's just TV, a lot of stuff, and he shows up in this episode playing the uh, doctor on. Um, Jagal, right? And, yeah. And uh, I was just overjoyed. I'm like, oh, we got a Clint Howard sighting in Star Trek. I don't know. He, <laughs> he might have showed up in one of the previous series or episodes or movies. I don't know. Or maybe this could be his first Star Trek appearance. But I was really happy about that. So we at least had a little light moment of squeeing when <laughs> 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 saw somebody in this episode. But yeah, we're, we're dealing with more. So, so the... So the story of the episode is that we have a one of the Federation's Klingon ambassadors. He, he's, I think, the only Klingon ambassador for the Federation at this point, right? Yeah. Yes. And he is a defector from the Klingons, and he was a general for the Klingons during the, during the war. And he was uh, 
call the the name they call him the Butcher of Jagal. Is yes, that what they the call Butcher him? of Jagal. The Butcher right. of Jagal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and we have a lot of war veterans. He's coming onto the Enterprise because they're transporting him somewhere. Basically, he's he's catching a cab ride to some <laughs> interstellar destination. It's unimportant where it actually is, and. The crew is supposed to treat him with the utmost respect and everything, and they're they're trying their best, and he's supposedly reformed. But you have a bunch of, not a bunch, but you have a few, especially of the main characters uh, on the Enterprise that fought in the Klingon War and still have a lot of trauma. They have a lot of pain. They're at different stages of their trauma. They're dealing with it in different ways, but somehow... It, it really needs to all be dealt with because it's in their face here in this in this episode and on this journey and a, a lot of emotions break out in this we get to see some flashbacks to mm-hmm. actual Jigal, uh and we we've been told previously be, especially between Chapel and Mbenga how they fought in the war and uh, they went through a bunch of traumatic stuff but now we get to actually see it. We mm-hmm. get to actually see what they experienced. And it was some hell. And this is a this is a super heavy episode. Uh, Shannon and Andrew, if if one of you guys want to break in, what are your what are your thoughts on this episode? Shannon, I'll I'll ask you to go first. Oh goodness. Yeah. Um uh, my initial thoughts were wow, uh, Star Trek never ceases to surprise me. Um, you can't pigeonhole it. They do the comedy and the lighthearted stuff really well, and then they just turn right around and go, hey, remember, we can do drama, and we can do deep, meaningful social commentary just as well. And they pulled it off. I mean, it's it's a dark episode, but it's done well. They they highlight the, the triggers and the trauma, and they they show... You know how, like, Mabengo wants to to put it behind him. He wants to believe the ambassador has really reformed. Does he? And does he want to believe that? I, I He says it. Yeah. I, 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 whether he truly believes it, yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like as an actor, he did a good job of trying to show. He, he wanted to see if yeah. it was possible. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's ever convinced. <laughs> I, I don't think he was yeah, um, and the ending totally shows that he doesn't think he, he did because he said he was a liar <laughs> right right I know yeah we'll, uh, get, we'll get into the ending yeah. because I really want to talk about what happened at that ending but mm-hmm. uh, Andrew can we get your overall thoughts on this episode well I think it's it, it touches on some of the themes that that Star Trek has normally stayed away from. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I, I spoke about this on uh, the last time I was on a little bit about how um, we, we always get to see the main crew. We always get, and even Lower Decks is, is kind of the mainstream people, and there's such a wider universe yeah. in Star Trek lore that we don't often get to see. And, and in this episode, we got to see what combat medicine is like in the 23rd century, but... Not only what combat medicine is like, but what happens when it fails. Yeah. And these these traumas that... I believe this is the first time that we've seen... Maybe, maybe we've seen it in Discovery. I haven't watched all of Discovery yet. But um, mm. certainly this is the first time that we've seen 
you know, characters that we've known for, for decades in, in Chapel and uh, in Mega, for instance, the, you know, their personal traumas with the war. Yeah. Um, and and it, it really it really hits you hard. The, 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 the sound you're repeating in the background, incoming transport, incoming transport, as the casualties come in really made me think of some... You know, more of a, a Mel Gibson war movie than than Star Trek at times. I know, and and it was, it it's not like Star Trek hasn't approached war before. I mean, especially in like let's say Deep Space Nine. You know, they had the whole yes. war towards the last couple of seasons there, but um, it didn't have the the darkness and the starkness of of this like of of this. You know what I mean? The, there's there's something a little more real to this, a little more Vietnam. You know what I mean? Where not every wound can be healed, and and that's in the physical, but also the emotional. Like not every wound can ever really be healed, no matter how good of a doctor you are, no matter how good of a crew member you are. Uh, Christine, your yeah, thoughts? Yeah. Dude, so like this was again a really heavy episode, but. Like, I, I'm still kind of processing it some of it because, like, this was just a lot to take in. And it was crazy how, like, Nurse Chapel, Erica, and Ubenga were trying to support themselves through that because they had all had those traumatic experiences. And while everyone else was trying to help them, they wouldn't let them in. And then also, like, hey, you know, the Klingons are just kind of coming around into the Federation. And it's just a lot to take in with that because like you could feel the pain especially like in the war parts where it's like nurse chapel lands and it's like oh by the way you're a head nurse now like mm -hmm. there that that's just gonna happen and like there's shell shock everywhere and yeah it, i don't think i don't know if i was expecting them to ever actually show the war parts but i guess you know it's a star trek and in the guts yeah like, like showing yeah or like you know it's like hey you know when goes like you know put him in the you know machine and we'll deal with him later yeah, put you know, his pattern in. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, in the pattern buffer. And it's like, it's just like, you're just trying to, like, function as a human being in this huge war zone. And then at the same time, like, you know, you're not there anymore, but you still are yeah. in some way. Yeah. And that's kind of what you need to do in that situation with your emotions, too, right? Put them in mm -hmm. the pattern buffer. Yeah, right? you got to put like, them in the pattern buffer. You, you got to put your emotions in the pattern buffer to get through the day and save them for later. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you have to clear that pattern buffer. And what do you do? Yeah. Do you go on a murderous rampage <laughs> or do you keep trying to go on? I mean, there's so many just deep little subtle points that are made in this episode is such great writing and I'm just like yeah and I, I don't know how I feel about it yet I just yeah, got done yeah. watching it and I'm like I'm still trying to like think about everybody's reaction to to what happened and I'm not sure that first of all you don't end this like episode in like a great place where everybody is like fully healed and is like all better and ready to go on about their duties like there's still shit to get through i mean like where is the ship's counselor right now we could really use dana uh -huh. troy right now yes For you sure. know it opens up more questions about Mbenga than we had at the beginning of the episode i think oh yeah there's especially the way that it ends oh yeah like oh, I, I i hate to just jump to that Shannon and Andrew, but I really want to. I really want to talk about the events that that ended this episode because, to me, 
okay, so so what happened is uh, the ambassador uh, Dakra and and Mbenga Dak, he comes into um, sick bay and he basically <clears throat> wants to confront him with kindness and forgiveness again. I, I don't know what you would call it. And Mbenga just isn't having it. You know, like he just doesn't want that interaction. He's not at the place where he can deal with it. He's like, please, just go away. And, you know, I feel like Dakra's trying to, like, convince him and, and, and like, get his forgiveness somehow. And he's just not giving it. And it comes to... Did I miss something? How did they end up fighting? Shannon or Andrew, can you guys, like, what did I miss there that, like, did did the ambassador really start the fight, or did Mbenga just make that up? No. Because Joseph asked him to leave a couple times. Right. Before Joseph finally went, no, you weren't the butcher. I was. Like. Right. You're you're a liar. You're you're taking the blood on my hands and turning yourself into a saint, and the fact that the ambassador just didn't listen, really just yeah yeah. And but I think they also hid it, so you don't actually know yeah. what happened behind that fuzzy screen. So there is that question, and I think they did it deliberately so you don't know. Right? Did the ambassador like lunge for the knife to keep his secret? Don't know. I mean, they're like, you know, uh, Umbenga had the box with that yeah. dagger in there yeah. and they were behind the screen. So I guess it's more up to interpretation. Did he kill himself out no. of it or no. do, that would like, be without honor? Yeah. yeah. But I but mean, he wasn't really for the whole Klingon way of life. So supposedly, supposedly. Yeah. But also at the same time, like, uh, I don't think Umbenga, like if he did do it, he's still not healed. Oh no! By any means, no. So like, he's just finishing yeah. his mission, kind of, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because he was the butcher of Jagal. Yeah. Which I was just like, oh, because that uh, serum stuff that he created, yeah. like to make you kind of like a superhuman oh, for yeah. a minute. Protocol like, twelve. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like him using that to go on a butchering spree and then just kind of living with that secret that yeah. he was the one that did that and then this. Klingon that started the war like is right there you know and like he in the beginning of the show he just collapses because like his heart's about to pop you know pop out of his chest because it's like I have to deal with this in a manner without losing my shit and like that's a whole lot he probably wasn't expecting to have to do because you know the Klingons were the enemy to like everybody yeah and now it's it's right there in front of your face and you gotta make good with it I actually have a problem with the the whole stim pack thing. Sure, go ahead. They, they they made a they made a big stink in the first episode of the Next Generation for for people who remember Encounter at Farpoint, um, <laughs> where Q shows up and he transforms into some twenty first or twenty second century uh, super soldier, and he makes a point about how the world governments at the time controlled their soldiers with drugs. Right. And it, and there were several other episodes episodes within Next Generation certainly, and and if I'm not mistaken, Voyager, touching on that very same subject. So so to see all of a sudden kind of a wink wink and nod from the Federation toward Stimpaks, it 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 was it was jarring to me, and and part of me thinks are they trying to go the Section Thirty One route mm. of you know this is nefarious, or yeah. did someone just forget that 
particular edict from from the mm. writer's bible I, I i would i would probably go with the the first thing the section 31 uh, thing you know i mean like it it doesn't sound like it was sanctioned no you know no I, mean? I think it's like, like a hush hush just don't yeah. get i'm gonna look the other way while you're doing that situation under the cloak of war yeah under the cloak of war you know so mm-hmm. i yeah i I, I do see where you're coming from that. You know, now, I, I want to talk about, though, like, Mbenga deciding that he needs to finish that mission. I mean, where does that come from? I know that he had been supposedly the ghost, you know what I mean? But, like, he had committed himself at that point to healing, to, to healing, and he said that, and those were his convictions, and then all of a sudden when he sees all of the slaughter happening, he's like, somebody has to finish this mission, and why was that so important to him? Well, I mean, after seeing that boy that pretty much, like, he fixed, where, like, they had to go in and, you know, pump his heart, maybe he just finally snapped after seeing so much bloodshed, and he was tired of it, because, like, that kid, when he was, like, you know, before he decided to go back to war, it's like, I came into the Federation and Starfleet to explore and to make peace, not this. But then Ubenga's like, you know, hey, remember, we're fighting the Klingons so we can all be at peace. And he right. kind of sent him to his death because next thing you know, he's in a suit. It's like, I'm, an, I'm a warrior now, you know, and he ended up getting his throat slit. And it's like, maybe that was just the final straw that broke the camel's back. I, I don't know if it was the boy or having to clear the buffer. It could have been both. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, making man. sacrifices because like yeah dude that was fucked Werner's Temple's just like I need a minute <laughs> like, I need a minute like you just took someone's life for yeah. more people which I know it's like needs and many you know uh, oh, way the needs, needs of the few yeah. but it's just like it's like to deal with that emotionally like you know people can shut off their emotions only so much and just seeing so much of that was just like he had to do something he stepped up he did but, you know, did no he have else. to though? That's what that's what I'm saying. In his mind, I think he did. Like yes. he was telling the young ensign or whatever uh, he was, the soldier. He was, he was telling him, you know, like we we fight this war so that you know we don't have to, basically so that we don't have to fight it in the future. You know, uh, so that we can stop this this empire here and uh, you know stop all this craziness. And I f- feel like he felt like he could be that instrument yes. if he got through to the general and he finished the mission he could he felt he was the only one that could do it and really he felt guilt also because i mean the they had asked him they had asked him to go on the mission and he said no i don't do that anymore so they sent out kids and they all died so technically if he feels like he could have finished that mission himself but he chose not to and now they're all dead because of the choice that he made, I mean, that choice was put on him, but still, the choice that he made, he felt like he had to do it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's some heavy, It's a heavy episode. It heavy really is. For Star Trek, but I love that they're doing it. Sometimes so. you got to get a little uncomfortable to think about, you know, different yeah. perspectives. Shannon, you got anything you want to talk about in this episode? Any points? Um... Jeez, there's so much. There's so many layers, too. Because, I mean, there's the whole, who is really the butcher of Jagal? Like, is it the the ambassador who 
called for the death of women and children or is it really Joseph? And, you know, he feels it's that way because he had to abandon his healing path and, and you know, step up and, and do what he had to do. Right. But um, there could be an argument totally for the ambassador who was killing civilians and, yeah. and his own people, too. Right. Like, I mean, you've got that whole line. You've got the, did Joseph kill him? Like, I think if you go back and you look at the, the final scene, Joseph was holding the knife, but I think the ambassador ran at him. So was that a suicide or was that Joseph being aggressive? You don't know. I don't think you'll ever know. And Christine is not going to, like, turn on him. She's going to be totally like, oh, no, it was self-defense. <laughs> Andrew, um, are, Andrew, are there no cameras in sickbay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have cameras all over cameras. hospitals, but are there no, like, view screens or anything seeing what's going on in sickbay? Well, the magic bean of Star Trek is technology fails when they need it most. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, um, even on a yeah. starship, surveillance is needed throughout the ship, and I mean... It might actually have, like, help with a lot of the mysteries that happen on the ship if they actually just had some recordings of, like, oh, that dude was playing with this control panel, or, you know, they took this yeah. extra ship off, or yeah. something like that. Or, like, yeah, I guess what happens in sickbay stays in sickbay. Huh. He, he was also keeping that knife, that bloody knife, mind yeah. you, yes. sitting yeah. in some toolbox on the shelf in sickbay for presumably how knows who knows how long no one noticed it there before say hey dude what's this what's this bloody thing I'm <laughs> doing over here maybe this shouldn't be in sick bay yeah that seems uh, like health hazard yeah and and why was he why was he keeping it with that i mean he's keeping the secret but not that close to the vest you know what i mean he's ready to reveal it at some point because I think he feels like at some point in the future he still needs to complete that mission. There's something left unfinished for him. And this happened to just be the opportunity. I, I just felt really bad at the end of the show. I love Mbenga. I, I love this crew so much. I felt dissatisfied at the how it, the resolution came out and that how he apparently got away with this killing I, I i'm like not okay i'm like sitting here thinking about it just having finished watching it i'm not okay with how he got away with this well the thing is i don't think he got away with it because you know the machine he kept on fixing and it's like oh it's fixed but then it started blipping again like it's kind of like the whole batman scenario it's like yeah you can go kill the joker but you still haven't healed yourself yet so the thing is yeah, like he, get, he's still got to deal with that that's personal trauma i'm talking about legally i'm talking about legally within the federation and starfleet and stuff like I don't think it's that cut and dry of a self-defense situation here. I mean, Dude, it, I guess it's to be determined by what point of view you have while watching this. Yeah. I also am a little concerned with where they're taking Christine's character. Because at this point, she is so dark. Yeah. And then to transfer her to TOS, that is a totally different person now. And yeah. how in the world does she transition? Mm. There's got to be some kind point. of event in her life that <laughs> turns her around to the bubbling, the bubbling nurse that we saw basically in the original series. Yeah. I don't know. Andrew, did you have anything else you wanted to add in? Well, I felt it was a it was a great episode, and and it was another. Mbenga and Chapel are kind of a a thing now. You know, they're they're. 
you know, they're, they're a team and we discover their back history together. But I, I think that we had a missed opportunity here to kind of see some of Ortega's yeah. and mm. her experience in the war because it was clearly there and she was clearly bothered by it and and you know not i i know that space is big and you can't necessarily say all three characters were on the same planet x number of years ago but it just it felt like it was a missed opportunity and i would have liked mm-hmm. to see more yeah maybe they're saving that for an erica centric story later on and uh we'll find out maybe where she was at the time if it was you know, yeah at jigal or somewhere else i mean she was clearly piloting somewhere well um, she was also probably younger so maybe well, yeah. she wasn't quite piloting but it's like her experiences for how to deal with it were like she couldn't really hide it that well. yeah, it was, yeah like yeah. she also didn't have a lot of blood on her hands but it was just like well we don't know well, again, okay, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, she was handling it not differently. that well, differently and not yeah. that well, yeah. where she couldn't just do a poker face with it. So, yeah, maybe they're saving it for another episode down the line. Yeah. That okay. scene was a very interesting contrast to Star Trek VI, where oh. Gorkun is meeting with, with the crew, and, uh-huh. and you see the younger crew here losing their cool versus... The snarky remarks that the the older crew make to Gorkin and and his team later on. God, I love that scene so much in Star Trek VI. Yeah, so good. We just watched it recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great. Anyway, great great episode. Anybody have any last thoughts that they want to... Yeah. Yeah, one last one. Okay. The the breakdown of, of Christine and Spock. Like, Spock tried to reach out. He tried to be there. He tried to be there emotionally and, like, was observing. She's uncomfortable. Let me see what I can do to fix it. You don't want to hear about war? I'll go ask another question and we'll get him sidetracked. Like, he tried so hard to be there. He did. He Mm -hmm. He tried so hard and she's just not there. Not there yet. Yeah. And uh, he was also understanding about that. It It was very kind of unspock like but also like getting to that later spock so i i don't know it's it's a it's a growing experience with everybody right now like they're just kind of coming into who they are and some of them have darker paths and bigger bridges that they have to go across yeah i want to see more of this so i want to see more of i know this is dark but i mean eventually if if we keep doing this series to its resolution uh, when we get to the original series, however they're long they're going to take it, I would really like to see some kind of resolution for it. I know maybe it doesn't magically happen for everyone, and it doesn't happen that way in life. Some people, you know, go to their deathbed with trauma they haven't dealt with, and it's sad. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's not that clean. Uh, but I would like to see more exploration of how these three characters and maybe anyone else is dealing with this uh, trauma in the future so yeah but i'm ready for subspace rhapsody <laughs> next oh my god Sing songs. expect oh, expect yeah. expect uh like three hour review of that <laughs> because i'm gonna be breaking down all the songs which one i like best which one has been running through my head for the last week but i can't i can't wait i'm so excited I know, to talk about too. that so <laughs> shannon and andrew i hope you both come back to talk about that one because yeah that'd be great yeah that's cool it's gonna be a good time Again, andrew we, has a background in music too oh excellent <laughs> excellent cool. yeah, that's great excellent so things to talk about 
Excellent. Cool. So we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, check us out on social media. Please remember to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and the Spotify app. Subscribe to the Radio Free Galaxy YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and go t- and search for T Public Radio Free Galaxy on Google and you will find one of our t-shirts. We'll see you next time on Radio Free Galaxy. Thanks for listening. Bye. Night. Good night.